Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. I see my partner in crime is antagonizing you about this Anthony Richardson stuff again. Last segment. Already talking about AR once again. I see the text line here, Wes. They're saying, oh, goodness, Anthony Richardson talk once more. So you are now, we're about to have the 10 toes meter full blown today after (laughs) the reports about Anthony Richardson knocking his S2 cognitive QB test out of the park. Yeah, man. You're ready to talk some quarterbacks number one overall as we have for about a month now, but especially leading up two weeks out of the NFL draft first round. I believe it's two weeks to the day, right? I think first round 15 or 14 days. Yeah, I think I think it's two weeks to the day and Wes is ready to go full out on Anthony Richardson being the number one overall pick. Now we have Bryce Young gaining a lot of momentum. CJ Stroud still in the mix, but we'll get to all of that coming up today. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I just mentioned the text line. Feel free to continue to text in. The number is 704 Five seven zero ninety six ten. Let's just go ahead and get off the bus right now. Bus driver, he pulled up to the scene. Let's talk about some of that QB buzz by getting off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Wes, if you subscribe to the latest buzz, everything is pointing to Bryce Young being the number one overall pick. We'll dive in a little bit more so in the second segment. But Bryce Young is the guy right now where he might be taking a meeting with Houston. Adam Schefter called it a waste of time. He just turned out to be the favorite according to Vegas a couple of days ago. So we're also seeing reports that even David Tepper is the one that loves Bryce Young. And ultimately, what David Tepper says goes. If he is, if he likes Bryce Young the, bo- the most, then he's going to be the number one overall QB. What do you make of the latest buzz here as we continue to get more reports about Bryce Young being that guy, but also some reports about Anthony Richardson also being viewed very favorably. C.J. Stroud kind of trending downwards. Overall, the buzz, what do you make of it? It's just adding to the noise. I mean, at this point, you're getting a little bit of everything. Now we're hearing C.J. Stroud is hard to coach and now we're hearing that you know just it's something about each of these quarterbacks every single day so you just have to put it into the pot of the stew that we're making uh and we'll see what comes out of it when it's ready to eat but uh you know this latest thing about richardson i think is is tremendous uh for him as well doing well on the on the cognitive test something not that people thought he was dumb but just the fact that you know a guy like that that people looked at the completion percentage thought that maybe this guy isn't as sharp as some of the other guys in this draft and to be able to see uh in the test that uh that he actually is and i think it adds to the uh, storyline of, of context of why the completion percentage 
was what it was. Well, and, and let's talk about this S2 cognitive test, man, because now this thing is gaining a ton of steam. It's gaining a ton of momentum as far as how much you how much you put into how much stock you put into it. I can't talk right now. Hmm. How much stock you put into it and how much validity that actually carries as far as how good of a quarterback you're going to be in the NFL. It is not the Wonderlick test, by the way. So when everybody would mention the Wonderlick, the NFL is starting to go away from that. Thank God, by the way, because the Wonderlick was kind of this IQ based test that didn't have anything to do with quarterbacking. And all it really did was exist to embarrass you if you did not score very well. That is very true. That's all it did. And I think NFL teams, the smart NFL teams, the NFL going into a different direction, it makes a lot of sense that that would be left behind. This S2 test, though, it does seem like it actually cares more about football. The S2 does, where it is more reaction. It is more processing. And everybody really reportedly has done really well on this list, except for one QB. This is all reports because they hold on to these scores a lot more than what they did with the Wonderlick because those scores would come out and it would just embarrass guys. This now, they actually are not allowed to release these test results. It's up to the player if they want to, but still you're going to have some of these rumors. And so reportedly, Wes, it's Bryce Young, who scored very well. Jake Hayner was like in the 97th percentile or something like that. And it looked like Bryce Young might be number one, according to some reports. Will Levis tested very well on this, and so did Anthony Richardson. The name absent from the list I just mentioned, it is C.J. Stroud. And so that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Pinpoint accuracy, ball placement specialist. But one of the questions that you might have about C.J. Stroud being that number one overall pick is the fact that he comes from a Ryan Day system where he simplifies everything so much that it is a different world once you make that jump to the NFL. And so the Ryan Day system warriors have some real evidence here if you wanted to point to the S2 test. We don't know the type of results, but we are getting reports that other QBs tested well, except for the Ohio State QB. How much stock do you put into it, Wes? If you were a GM, if you are, as you are right now, trying to figure out who the number one pick should be, how much stock do you put in it? Well, I think it does have a decent amount of validity when you talk about CJ Stroud, because you talk about that completion percentage under pressure, 40.6%. That was 124th nationally last year. Okay, how do they correlate, Wes? You like I talked about myself in third person right there. But uh, <laughs> how does it relate? Is yeah, pressure. You see the blitz is coming. Oh, snap. Oh, that could have been almost a dump when I was thinking about that because I actually put myself in a quarterback situation there right there looking at the defense. And it's like, oh, snap, post snap, they're blitzing. Where do I go with the ball? And if you're not sharp mentally, that's what this test is judging, then you will make a bad decision or you will throw an inaccurate ball because you're not sure of what you're doing. So I think that they do kind of go hand in hand. And as I just said, how with Anthony Richardson, this test kind of shows to give some context towards his uh you know, completion percentage at Florida. This also points to C.J. Stroud's uh, lack of ability when faced under pressure. Yeah, I, I wonder how many of these tests have been administered to the point where we can put a lot of stock into it, the sample size, essentially. Mm-hmm. But you do have some really awesome quarterbacks that have played in the NFL that tested very well with this S2 thing. Here's TFB riding in the Garage Door Guru text line. Bryce had a higher S2 than Joe Burrow and one of the best ever. Um, you're also 
also you have some conspiracy uh, conspiracy takes over here saying maybe the Panthers leaked it to justify why they might take Bryce or to force Houston to jump up to number one, give up some picks because the Panthers like C.J. Stroud anyway. And if you're looking at some of the other guys who have tested very well on this, Drew Brees took it. So it's not something crazy new, but as far as its uh, publicity, it is kind of new. Drew Brees was an elite, uh, finished at an elite level. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, they all scored at an elite rate as well. Brock Purdy had the highest score last year, which I think people are Mm. giving a lot of traction to that. Because Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, coming in and playing very well for Mm -hmm. San Francisco. And so maybe you even use this more so to find the diamonds in the rough. So maybe you don't apply it so much to the top of the draft because the elite skill set, C.J. Stroud, still an awesome skill set. You take him either way. But maybe you do apply this more so to a Jay Kaner. And instead of drafting him seven, six, I don't know where he's projected to go. But maybe you jump up a couple of rounds because you're trying to find some Something that allows him to stick out above all the other QBs projected in his area as well. Well, I think it is important, like you said, because you do talk about C.J. Stroud and people talk about the simplicity of the Ohio State system. Like I said, that is the one knock when you're playing with elite talent is that things get defined for you, especially at Ohio State. When you have the receivers, you have the offensive line, everything's there. NFL is not going to be like that. And that's the thing you have to look at with C.J. Stroud. You got Marvin Harrison out there. You got Jackson Smith and Jig out there. You know they're going to win their matchups nine times out of ten. Most corners they play aren't going to be first-round elite corners. So you know they're going to win their matchup. You know the offensive line is going to hold up for three seconds. You know teams are going to respect your running game. So Brian Day can put together a game plan for him that's going to be fairly read out because – most things are going to be defined for you playing in that offense. And so that's why I think it is very interesting, the fact that he did not do well on this. And when you look at his numbers under pressure, because that's what the NFL is, you're not even on the best of teams. We see the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl going against the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't allow a sack. But there's not going to be scenarios in the NFL where you have receivers where you know they're going to win every single matchup because it's the NFL. Your offensive line isn't going to hold up for three to four seconds every snap, man. So I I do put a lot of uh, weight on stuff like this. Um, I I don't know if this is too vague of a question for the text line, but maybe this will, you know, maybe stir up some good stories from listeners because we were talking about the Wonderlick solely existing to embarrass some of these QB prospects. I do wonder how many times where... Maybe somebody felt dumber than they originally did coming into a test. Is there something where you were really surprised? Like, oh, wait, goodness gracious, this is embarrassing as far as a test. Where then you start, it's the classic, you talk to one of your classmates. Oh, what did you get for number six? I got George Washington. (laughs) I got pie. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. No, you you get that. But, like, for standardized tests, I never got very nervous for that. When I went and took my SAT, for one, I forgot a calculator. I thought they would give me one. This is the second I forgot my calculator story I've heard in the past two weeks for the SAT. Not from you. I'm yeah, saying yeah, somebody yeah. else told me yeah, this Yeah, I did. Well. And so uh, I remember like it was yesterday, man. I was going to the Rough Riders Cash Money concert that night. It was a great day. I was very happy to go well, take my test. You were going to the Cash Money concert yeah, after that the night. SAT. Yeah, that night. Rough Riders Cash Money to a fire concert. So it's then, amazing. Uh, I went. I knew that. Back then, I don't know if they still have it, but they had the NCAA clearinghouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, my core GPA was like a 3233. All I had to make was a 720, so I knew I could go in there and make that in my sleep. I go in there with two pencils inside my hat, <laughs> one on each side. I take my test. I got a 940. I called it a day. 
You had two pencils inside your hat. I had one pencil and on Did each you side have a of my head. Hat? No, I wore uh, my school's. My school had fitted hats. I had my fitted hat on to the back. Okay. Two pencils in each side. Cut off Clown t-shirt. <laughs> Cut off t-shirt. Went in and took my test, got my that 940, is, kept it is, pushing. That is some serious nerd swag right there. <laughs> that is that is the quintessential example of nerd swag. Going into an SAT testing room with two pencils on either side yeah. and a fitted backwards. Yeah, That's man. amazing. Only Wes Bryant. Please tell us one of those experiences <laughs> that you might have had on the Thank Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. It's Wes and Walker off and rolling. I want to continue to talk about this number one overall QB stuff. Adam Schefter, he called the meeting that Bryce Young has with Houston a waste of time. Do you think it's a waste of time? And do you think it's already locked up that Bryce will be the number one overall pick? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ sharing SAT memories. <laughs> not, not many good ones. Nobody wants to take the SAT. We had a couple people writing in about a time where, well, you just felt dumb. Gas House Daddy, he wrote in, by the way, I remember that concert referencing what you went to, the Rough Riders yeah, Cash man, Money concert. Hot. He said, I remember that concert. DMX came out in a helicopter. And no, the... Cash Money came out in a helicopter. Okay, okay. DMX came out in a cage. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that Gas House Daddy. Great name. Maybe the best name on the text line. He was there, and he said, yeah, Rough Riders was up there with motorcycles on the stage. It was definitely dope. Oh, man, that tour was... This is memorable. Oh, yeah, man. It was a... um, It was the first rap tour that was, like, grandiose like that. Like, most time you go, you get a big thing in the background with them on it. Maybe a video's playing... And they walked side to side and rap. But this was like props. Eve came out in a giant crystal ball. I mean, not a disco ball from the air. It exploded. And you were 18? Uh, nah, I was like 17, okay. 16 maybe. But uh, DMX came out from a cage. He had, I mean, they had pyrotech. It, oh, when he did What's My Name? And every time he go, DMX, it was shoot out the floor. Oh, Where was it? At uh, Charlotte Coliseum. Okay. Jay-Z yeah. had this long movie that played before. And then it ended with them coming out of the floor, and then he came out of the floor just like the movie, but it was fire. What DMX did, uh, what's my name? I lost my mind. Okay, so yeah, Kyle F. said he was at that concert. It was fantastic. Yeah, man, it was dope. to finish. A thick doink, he wrote in. At least tell me my name is in the top three. Yes, it is. We have (laughs) Gas House Daddy, and then we have Thick Doink. They try to act like Lil Wayne wasn't there. 
and then he came running out of the side, and mm-hmm. just the crowd just lost. Um, by the way, just asking when you felt dumb, just a very vague question. NASCAR Mike, <laughs> he wrote in, the GED math test was dreadful. Did not score well there is what Dead he was gun. writing in. It was dreadful. 704 number wrote in that he took the Wonderlick test for a job, and that clock was ticking, Ooh. stressing him out. And the job that he took it for, they didn't call him back after that. <laughs> so, yeah, I would imagine that was a fitting, uh. <laughs> fitting that maniacal laugh over there. Uh, Big Cat Dan wrote in, I'm retired Navy and we had to take advancement exams to get to the next rank. Some of those exams made me feel dumb and I knew my stuff. I actually started taking the test backwards from last question to first. So by the time I got done, I felt good about myself. So in case you need a different strategy, you're still out there taking tests. Maybe that is the advice from Big Cat Dan you need in order to believe um, in yourself for some of those. And this was brought to you by Wesson Walker. (laughs) 704-570-9610. I don't know if we've done this question before but i'll throw it out again best concert you've ever went you ever went to texas on the garage door guru text line is that number one for you you have a best concert you ever went to i think we've done this before but we'll do it again my mom worked for the radio station i got to go to some bangers well i'll start us off i I went to the push a t concert last summer and it was amazing yeah well i mean push it was great it was everybody he strikes me oh he was a great that's the one thing with rappers that Sometimes they don't always have great stage presence, and a lot of them they just walk back and forth and rap oh, their lines. Oh, not him. So he, but Push is pretty energetic. Oh, Push. Well, what's great about Push is we were on the side, so it was at the Fillmore, so it wasn't this yeah, huge. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were on the side. I did Roth at the Fillmore. Okay. Well, yeah, that yeah, would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, was, I bet that place dope. would be bumping. Yeah. So we were at the side, but Push takes care of you because not only will he rap front and center, right? And he'll mm-hmm. just, you know, talk to you, whatever. But he'll come to the side and take care of you that way as well. So you're just not watching a side profile yeah, the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he takes care of you and everything is bumped and he plays the classics. He plays the new stuff because it was the It's Almost Dry tour. So that was the new album. But then he would also play the classics. So the set list was insane. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, look, I think I for the, the mini, but it was my favorite. I think for the nostalgia, it will have to be the Rough Riders Cash Money. We haven't really had a hip hop tour like that since then. I'm not sure what it grows. I think it's still to this day. The biggest, they had dope documentary that went with it. Some of the stories and stuff that happened. The only one I think that would probably rival it was Up in Smoke, and I hated I didn't get to go to that. Um, yeah, that would Ooh. that would have been awesome. Um, seven oh four said Garth Brooks. People love oh, Garth I bet Brooks. Con- I watched the documentary about People him. People oh, love yeah. Garth Brooks yeah. concerts, and it was last year that he was here. Two years ago. I know it was somewhat. Oh, uh, last year, because my yeah. girl went. Yeah. People love. He's Garth. one of the probably biggest artists. Well, no, not probably. He's one of the biggest oh, yeah. artists of all time. Yeah, no doubt about no it. Um, Panther Bow said Gary Clark Jr. Mint Hill Dan said the Monkees and Jimi Hendrix, same concert, 1967. Oh, wow. OG, Look at what Mint up, Hill. OG? What up, OG? <laughs> Mint Hill Dan. I love that. Um uh. A couple, I'm trying to, people Billy, You got some concerts? In. You been in some dope concerts? I've been to one concert in my life. Okay. I went to see Jason Aldean. How was it? It was, I mean, it was good. Uh, I, I want to go see Luke Combs comes to, to, to the bank this summer. Me mm-hmm. and Flounder want to go. I just, I can't imagine spending three to four hours to to listen to music I listen to all the time and spending mm. the amount of money that oh, it but cost. if you like the Not artist. Not money, I agree. But if you like the artists, it's really cool to see them live. Well, and and some people just don't do good live shows, and so that's yeah. that's the problem with some of the artists that. But you can like. I style you for that that night? 
That could be a big night for you. I mean, I was thinking I was going to go out there in some overalls, some cowboy boots, and oh, yeah. that could be jiggy though. But I'm just saying, let let me let's 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 get up on that week, man, and let's let's get this thing going. That could be a big night for you, man. Okay. We, we, <laughs> I'm so excited. Now you heard him. He said, "Okay." Can we can we bring? Yeah, I I would like for there to be some kind of social media presence there to document yeah, all man. of this. No, we're gonna get you a fly uh, no. hat. <laughs> Yo, we doing cowboy Come hat. On, Fitty. Yo, we doing cowboy hat. Yes, you yeah, got to go man. Cowboy, cowboy hat. hat, fresh manicure, beard, oh, dope fit, overalls. Fitty, no lie. I'm telling you right now. We're doing boots. If you were groomed, you had the boots, you had the overalls, you had the cowboy hat, Fitty, you're going to get a number. We're doing boots. I want more than just a number, damn it. Well, you get multiple you gotta, numbers. You got to start somewhere. We're doing boots. I was thinking about it. Yeah, man. Come yes, on. The, if you're going to a country concert, you got to do some boots. Let's go. Yes. Boots, cowboy hat, fresh overalls. Get a can of uh, dip in my back pocket. Yeah. Oh, you you got to see that perfect circle in the back pocket. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Nice watch. Let's go. I love all of these texts coming in. This this is the problem with asking a text uh, a question where everybody is, is getting involved because it's an overwhelming amount of text. Concerts I, are such a moment in time. Oh yeah, and look, and I'm not one that's ever. I I never went like that, but I went to you, Kendrick Lamar in in college. Okay, that was great. It was my first one ever. I thought good 50 kid in college. Okay, yeah, good kid, Mad City tour, yeah. and then I went to the Pusha concert yeah. this past summer, and it was amazing. Do you have any artists that you've seen multiple times? No, no. I would, I would go see Kendrick again. I saw DMX three times. Yeah, the DMX concert. At different stages of his career. I mm -hmm. saw him at the beginning, and then I, I wish I still had that airbrush t-shirt. Oh, it was so fun. Oh, that yeah. I got from Summerfest. All right, all right. We are working as a show <laughs> to please the tease. It's yes. something that we are working on, and so we're going to do that right here, right now. I do want to get to a lot of these texts. We'll, we'll have a rapid fire maybe session at the end of this segment or at the beginning of the next one. But we do need to get to this soundbite from Adam Schefter, who is dropping a lot of knowledge on us right now with the reports about Bryce Young meeting with the Houston Texans, but he called it a waste of time because he feels Carolina has already made their decision taking the Alabama QB number one overall. In fact, with the C.J. Stroud invite, this meeting between the Panthers and the Ohio State QB, Schefter says that that's really just Stroud trying to change the mind of Carolina. Here is that soundbite from the ESPN Insider. Laura, we mentioned the Carolina Panthers, who hold the number one pick, doing their due diligence. That diligence will include a visit next week on Tuesday with the Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who will come in on a visit and will try to impress the Panthers officials and I think try to change their mind about the number one overall pick. Clearly, no people know how highly respected Stroud is. We'll see if the Panthers change their minds upon his visit to Carolina. Adam Schefter is the first guy going this hard about this is happening, right? Like, everybody else can say, I think the pick's going to be Bryce Young. I feel pretty good about it, yada, yada. They leave themselves an escape hatch. Everybody else, the way they talk about who the number one pick is going to be. Adam Schefter's not doing that here. He is telling you, I mean, that's a strong sentence, Wes. Bryce Young beating with Houston second overall. It's waste a waste of time. time. So why? C.J. Stroud trying to change the mind of Carolina as if it's already made up. I send it to you, Wes Bryan. Do you think Carolina's mind right now, two weeks out, nice little checkpoint for us, two weeks out, is Carolina's mind made up that they're taking Bryce Young? No, I don't think so. Because in another important juncture, I think, we've seen a lot of surprise draft decisions come out the night before. I always think about, I'll never forget when New Orleans took 
I mean, when uh, the Texans took Mario Williams number one, and um, I remember coming in checking my laptop. Do we not was, get warnings about that though? I thought we got warnings about Mario Williams going. Well, there was no social media back then. The only thing I That's remembered true. was going on ESPN.com on my laptop back then, <laughs> seeing that he was going to be the guy, and I just remember being floored. And so I just think that. I think that you can think certain things and you can even be entrenched at certain junctures. But I think that when it really comes down to it and that decision really needs to be made, you're going to go back through it again. You're going to rehash everything about every prospect again. And I think there's there's little entries for people's minds to be changed. And I think that's a story that could end up coming out. It could be, oh, well, they were all in on Bryce Young, but then when they went back to the meeting room and they started thinking about this and that and that and that, they went with this guy. So, no, I don't think that they have their mind made up at this juncture. But here's the thing for me. You're two weeks out, and you've already done the whole band tour thing. Yeah. You went to the pro days. Mm Mm-hmm. You've had multiple vi- you've had visits with these guys now. You were at the combine where you got to talk with these QB prospects as well. You've already gathered a lot of information. Yeah. What can change now that would flip your mind? I'm not saying it's impossible, right? But clearly, the chances of you changing your mind at this juncture dwindles down quite a <laughs> bit, right? I I think not the greatest movie, but I still like to watch it. Draft day, okay, not a great movie oh, by any stretch of imagination. But what I say, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> you remember when he went back and they were all hell bent on the quarterback, but then he thought about something oh, that Chad would both and say, no. But I'm saying that's how the human mind works, though. Well, I didn't think you could be sitting day. there, <laughs> you could be sitting there entrenched in thought, and then you think about something a guy says, or you think about something that he might have did, or you think about the smallest detail that can spark it. Like, it could be, it's like that with women, right? You date them, you might be thinking, oh, I, I don't really like her like I that. I wouldn't or, know. Or you might be trying to decide <laughs> between some women. And then you sit there, there might be one thing she said or one thing that she did that you like, no, you know what? You might have been, your mind might have been going one way and then you come back the other way. So that's all I'm saying is that the human mind just works like that, man. You could be all in on something and then you think about one little thing and that can that can flip it. When you said it's like women, right? Yeah. Fiddy looked dead at me and grabbed his microphone to put it in position so he could speak. And he said, I wouldn't know. <laughs> he reached to me. It is a reaction. It is it is a reaction for Fiddy to talk about himself that way. But yeah, for me, it's going to be really hard to change the Panthers brass minds at this point. And that's not to say that everybody agrees, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. I guess the way this could happen is if one is still on the fence, because it's a big decision, I'm sure everybody is stressing about it. David Tepper, I'm sure he's stressing about it in some kind of way. Same thing with Fitterer, Reich, whoever is helping make this decision. And so if David Tepper, rumoredly, really does want Bryce Young, and maybe Frank Reich wants C.J. Stroud still or whoever, but he's still a little bit on the fence, and maybe that can change your mind a little bit, but they've already had the interview, they already had the dinner, is there something else that you can come back and then really lean in heavy to? Yeah, sure. It's possible. I'm not here to just say zero possibility. But to me, I think we are kind of dwindling down with those chances. Mm-hmm. Now, Anthony Richardson already had his meeting. 
And now here's C.J. Stroud going to meet with the Carolina Panthers. But, Wes, I know you put a lot of stock, and now you are 10 toes down. The toes meter, we have reached all the possible toes down <laughs> yeah. for one Wes Bryant. You think Anthony Richardson is still the number one pick for Carolina? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think Carolina's done a good job of being coy about this whole thing. And, no, I'm not trolling. Like, I'm just going off of things that I've seen and heard, putting my own little puzzle pieces together. I think this coming out about the cognitive exam and showing that he does have the wit to be able to get back there and be a sharp NFL quarterback. Like I said, I think lends itself to a lot of context you've heard from coaches where they talk about the fact that, yeah, just don't look at the completion percentage on paper and think that's the end-all, be-all. Because to be frank, a lot of us do. Most casual fans or most football fans in general – They may know football, but sometimes you don't always watch it with proper context. You just see things, a quarterback throws a ball, and you're like, oh, that was a bad pass, whatever. But you look at it, what happened on that play? What was supposed to happen on that play? What is happening with this team or the players, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that now you see that, hey, this guy, you know, and and you don't necessarily want to always try to play fantasy football. We say, oh, if you took Anthony Richardson and put him on – USC, or if you took him and put him on Oklahoma, or if you took him and put him on whatever school that's loaded with weapons, if you took him and put him on Ohio State, what would he do? But that's something you can also look at because he has all the physical capabilities. He scored higher cognitively than C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, we see, did not score high cognitively. At least it's reported, right? Like okay, there's yeah, but, reported, but fair, allegedly. But fair. but fair. But we see the completion percentage under pressure. So would Anthony Richardson have done better in those situations? How would he have done in that situation? So, you know, it, there's, a, there's a lot there. But, yeah, man, I, I'm still going to go with uh, Anthony Richardson as the dark horse pick. All right, I'm trying to navigate through that conversation in the concerts. I love these answers, and I really appreciate <laughs> people putting in years and some of the artists. Concert that tickets are crazy now. Though. Well, it's so much fun to, to I read. I agree with Fiddy, the prices. Oh yeah, no, they were. I got the the Pusha T concert was only fifty bucks to okay. to be that close. Good, yeah. Oh yeah, it, we we got. I pay like one twenty for Ross. Well, yeah, and then as soon as Lil Wayne announced that he was coming to Charlotte, Lovely. immediately a hundred, and then fifteen minutes later, three hundred. Yeah, it, it was something nuts like that. Uh, ACDC seven hundred four. I'm gonna try to go through these rapid fire, but read your text as well. Seven hundred four. Another one said saw Eric Church at the Fifty Watt Club in Athena, Georgia. Eric Church is that somebody you'd go see, Fitty? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You like Eric Church? Yeah. Okay. He's the chief. All right. D-Rob said Jay-Z Summerfest at Carowinds. I think it was in 2001. That's what he said. Okay. That's something you might have gone to. So, okay. Um, Gas House Daddy said, <laughs> it's <laughs> funny every time. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. Jay-Z and Beyonce on the run tour was worth the $800 for the ticket. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised about I'm that. I'm not surprised about it either. Like, And that's, if you want to spend that kind of money. A ticket? He said $800 for the ticket, I think is what he said. So, oh, I was wondering if he paid for two tickets. 800 man. man. I don't know that it is anybody. I want to pay that much. Yeah, maybe. Uh, 704 said <laughs> J. Cole and Wale. Uh, new edition. Legacy tour. Somebody went to. That was to. recent. Yeah, that was. Um, Fish at the Greensboro Coliseum. It's my favorite Ben & Jerry's pint ice cream flavor. <laughs> one of them. 2003 is when they went there. Somebody said, y'all need to go see Eric Church. Uh, I love this. How about this one? Darden Intra Malone said, oh, corn was bleeping amazing. Corn, K. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah okay. corn? No, no, I know. I'm just yeah. saying just so people understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet. <laughs> and corn That's is amazing. gracious. Yeah. You, I, I could see you digging corn. I oh, see, uh, like, I mean, at least they were like on songs. that, uh, that, <laughs> that, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> 
sounded rabid. I can't do that. I, I think I saw a diseased dog sound like that one time. <laughs> um, trying to look at what? some of the other ones. REM. That would be cool. Mm, I remember them. Yeah. Hurricane Marks at REM. Monster Tour 95. Niner B said Michael Jackson. Okay. Michael Jackson concert in there. Kenny Chesney. Cannonball Paul, the Rolling Stones. I saw Rage Against the Machine. And they just had a tour not too far. Yeah, man. Not too Still rocking. Whew, Rage Against like the Machine. Them. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, we appreciate everybody texting in. It's awesome to hear from all of you. We'll try to go back and forth throughout the show. That can be somewhat the theme. We'll also start here with the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? <laughs> We got to start off talking about this Tampa Bay Rays team that won again last night. They beat Boston 9 to 7. I hope they never lose again. They had a three-run homer in the bottom of the first which prompted me to text you on the sidewalker. Mm-hmm. This team has has a chance to to match the best start in MLB history. We talked about this yesterday during our visit to the mound. They play the Red Sox starting in 30 minutes. Put you guys on the spot. Do the Rays tie the best start in MLB history today? Oh, yeah. I'm not going I'm against I'm going to go him. with it. Yeah. I'm not going against it. you him. didn't text me. Yeah. No. <laughs> I see. I see the relationship. There's that void once again. I'm sorry for coming through. I, I don't want to be in the middle of this. <laughs> I feel like I'm breaking you guys up once again. It's happened all too frequently. It's really sad to see what's happened between you two. Yes. 13-0. A Rosa Reina goes for another bomb. I'm with it. I'm calling all of Is the it on TV stuff. You've been away. Um, it's got to be. I would, let's watch some it's gotta be on TV let's somewhere. Let's watch some baseball. I like history. Let's give them some baseball yeah. to watch. Let's I'll do look that. it up. I'll look it up. Don't worry. All right. Coming up next, we talk about the future of the ACC, and we watch Rays baseball. Wesson Walker, Sports <laughs> Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we have returned... On the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ from the Planet Kia Studios. Hit us up on that Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Hit those socials. Hit that follow button. I don't know how many times I need to ask you, but I'm going to ask you every day until they fire us or we quit. Okay. What do you think? Uh, fair enough. Hopefully right. it's uh, neither one of them anytime soon, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. fair enough. Yeah, uh, hit that up. Wesson Walker on Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, WFNZ Instagram, and uh, our Instagrams and personal Twitter. Do you want to do a rapid fire concert thing? This because there's too many. We can't spend a whole lot of time, but I do want to do rapid fire concert mentions in the Garage Door Guru text line. Best okay. concert you ever went to? Miles from South Park, Average White Band at the front row. Oh, pick up the pieces. I see you. That's awesome. Myron Goodman wrote in at Elon, saw Hootie and the Blowfish before they had their first video in 94. 704, Tom Petty at Red Rocks. Oh, I bet that was an amazing show. 803, Paula Abdul in Chicago. How about that? That's a deep cut. 7 
704, Rage and Wu-Tang. A lot of people are going with Rage Against the Machine. Colin is nodding extremely in favor with that. Colin, I'm not a ball. Most people are saying Rage and Wu-Tang in 98, 96, too, at Lollapalooza. Yeah, Colin, we've got Colin happy right now. Mm. Like, he's he's happy to hear both of those. Migos at PNC, okay. 201 said they even met Thomas Davis over there. Okay. So those are a couple of ones that we'll, we'll keep giving these concerts out. Um, the best ones from some of our listeners as the show goes on. All right. A pseudo campus corner, if you will. We're going to talk about the future of the ACC. Jim Phillips just got that three-year extension, and we're going to dig into that a little bit. First, let's start out with Bruce Feldman's soundbite on uh, Jim Phillips being dealt a bad hand to start things out. Uh, I think he was dealt not a great hand. You know, you have some chafing from, like, Florida State leadership at times of the situation they're in. You have, while Clemson has been really good, you know, your flagship football brands, Miami and Florida State, you know, Florida State's bouncing back, but they both have been really underwhelming. And I think that hurt. You had some transition of some legendary coaches in basketball. And I think you also have some mismatched parts in the footprint of the conference. Having said all that, if you ask me, if, you know, if Jim Phillips is the commissioner of the Big Ten, if that's who they hired Tony Petiti, I'm like, I think I think really highly of Jim Phillips. To me, he's one of the most respected people in college sports, and I think he's a I think he's a, he's an ideal person for them leading them forward. All right, so uh, we talked about this the other day, and I told Fiddy I work with these people. I see them all the time. I see Commissioner Phillips all the time. I tell him, Commish. What up? When I see him, uh, he is commished to me. That doesn't mean he still can't get this smoke on the microphone. If I want to give some, if I want to give some. Oh, okay. But I still think commissioners, you know what I'm saying? It just depends. And what are some of the good things that he's done? Well, he does value the importance of football. He does want football to be more visible, the conference to be more visible as a whole. One of his first acts was to establish a subcommittee with Dabo, Pat Narduzzi, Dave Clawson, and five athletic directors to get their feedback on the most pressing football issues when you talk about college football expansion uh, and things of the like. And he did, and the coaches do laud him for having their voices heard and addressed. Now, he has been criticized as far as them feeling like uh, him being against expansion and the ACC slowing it down for no reason uh, at all. Now, the thing I'll give him credit for is that the ACC didn't lose any teams where it was thought that they would. Uh, As far as them gaining teams after some of the conferences did what they did, I'm not sure who the ACC really could have added outside of getting Notre Dame to be a full-time member in football, which is what many people thought they would do uh, when these conferences were making all these decisions. But because of the grant of rights deals, these teams are in it until, uh, I believe, for quite some time. He also got full distribution of the ACC network on Comcast. So uh, they were able to reach 90 million homes and it bunched, uh, bumped up the revenue. So, but, you know, the, the problems with some of the schools, I don't feel like that's on him. Like, that's on the ADs. To hire better coaches to get their programs going in the right direction. Now, what I will say he could do is get on some of these schools. And I love my Demon Deeks, but he can get on wake about that non-conference schedule. My God. In football, I get so tired of a lot of the ACC teams ducking smoke, but especially Wake Forest. So this tells you right now, I'm no pom-pom waving homer. Like, I love my Demon Deacons, man, but their non-conference schedules are for the birds and the fans, man. They're getting tired of it, man. It, these weak non-conference games coming to uh, BB&T Field, 
Um, you know, he inherited a bad ACC network TV deal as well, which is kind of hurting them. They need to get some more revenue because they're starting to fall behind the other conferences. Well, that's but what it. say you? Well, no, that's it, right? Like, it, it, it all comes down to the money thing. How about that? That was long-winded. Oh, no, you're good. But, yeah. that, but that's what it is. It's the revenue part that I think everybody's yeah. going to be paying attention to. So the league, the ACC and ESPN, they're both 50-50 partners within the ACC network. And Jim Phillips just, what, a little less than a year ago now, he spoke to media and said that they're having daily conversations about how to increase revenue. And so when you talk about the expansion of some of these conferences, it feels like you're either doing one thing or another, which is expanding, bringing in more schools to the conference, or you are losing, right? And it seems like the ACC right now was in that middle mold. Yeah. But if you don't have the revenue up, like maybe the SEC or some of these other conferences that are doing well, then you're going to be taking a back seat to those, right? And I understand Jim Phillips wants to hold on to the tradition of college basketball and I'm here for it. I think tradition matters in yeah. some of this stuff, but you got to also play to what gets you the money so you can also hoist up maybe the tradition of college basketball, which is not going to come close to the type of revenue that college football comes with. The NCAA tournament is different, right? Like and I get that, but just as the overall regular season goes, we know how profitable college football can be. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about this with Jim Phillips, I think those are some of the issues that people have had in the past and we'll see what happens at the end of this three-year extension and for the upcoming years um but yeah i know a lot of people acc fans not exactly thrilled with the job he's done so far yeah so fitty what say you we talked about this a lot in the fishbowl what do you think it was the right decision and what can he do to help repair the image of the conference i think jim phillips is on par as being the worst commissioner when you look at college or professional i think he's gary bettman rob manfred to the acc I don't know what decision he's done that's benefited the conference. I feel like he he is he's tried to make ACC football something that it's not. People don't desire ACC football the way that people desire the SEC or the Big Ten. It's not his fault. He can't help the fact that for the last decade, Miami has sucked. Florida State has sucked. Virginia Tech has sucked. But him taking the conference out of its rightful home in Greensboro, not a smart decision. There's a very good chance the ACC tournament never is played again in the Greens in, in the Greensboro Coliseum. That's a really that, that that's a real tough pill to swallow. And and, and I I just you know we, they hired an outsider, and I think you've gotten outsider results from him. He hasn't improved the conference in any way, shape, or form. Now, what can he do though? What what like what are two or three things that you feel like? should be done or should have been done. I mean, I think he's in a difficult spot. Prioritizing football, from a financial standpoint, I get it. It's not what's best for this conference, though, because this conference doesn't have 70 years of, of greatness on the football field. It has that in basketball. That is who we are. That is the one thing that we do best. And so the fact that it seems like it's been devalued for football – doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, but, but that's but that's on the side of Jim Phillips, though, right? Like, what what you're saying is kind of what Jim Phillips, if I'm not mistaken, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the commentary from the commissioner himself is a lot what you're saying. It sounds like you're agreeing with a lot of that, and you're hoisting up the tradition. I get it. You're saying it's what we are, man. The ACC right now, or just even in college sports in general, is it what anybody is anymore with their basket? I mean. It seems like college football, that's the thing to hoist makes up. makes the most money. Well, it, it, it just, my, my point is, you're sounding a lot like Jim Phillips with what you're saying. Actually, I feel like I sound coherent. <laughs> Maybe you're saying it differently. <laughs> Maybe you're saying, but you understand my point. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. He's going to get the, 
the the ads and the coaches together to help bolster the reputation of the conference right like he went on this whole mandate during the tournament is anyone going to take what this man says seriously I he don't is think pretty so. respective. I, I don't you know. You read stuff. There's a lot of people that respect him and like him a lot. So real quickly, just looking at the the, the worry is losing schools and then be, taking more of a backseat to Big Ten, to the SEC, which yeah. are viewed as the two power two conferences right now. If you were to rank them, those would be it. And so the ACC, at least they have a contract in place with these schools through 2036. Yeah. And, and they're going to have that deal. The problem is how much power do you view that contract as having, right? Like our school's going to still be able to get out of it because of whatever, you know? So a school wishing to leave the ACC before the contract ends could face hundreds of millions of dollars in financial penalties in order to do so. Is that something that schools are willing to go through? Jim Phillips said a year ago that the decisions by USC, UCLA, Texas, and Oklahoma to stay in those current leagues until the grant of rights expires is a sign of how strong these documents are. But if no one's really challenged the grants of rights in court, and a lot of this coming from the Raleigh News and Observer, by the way, you know, Jim Phillips commented, I think it holds, but your guess is as good as mine. And so that is going to come down to some relationships and just how much revenue you actually get, because at the end of all of this, money is going to end up talking. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I think, you know, there are some pluses and minuses since he's been in. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I think for one, these schools just need to do a better job of hiring coaches that win, paying them, uh, paying like the SEC. It, it Like the SEC says, it just matters more. And to a lot of the ADs, a lot of the ADs in the ACC, it needs to matter just as much. They need to want to win just as badly uh, as some of the other conferences. But when we return on the Wesson Walker Show, we're going to talk about which former first-round pick of the Panthers and the Hornets makes the bigger impact next season. That and more. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.